Well, good morning. Amen, amen. Let us go before the Lord in prayer and ask his blessings on our time together today. Lord, you are majestic. Indescribable. Uncomprehendable. And yet you allow us to know you. To serve you. To be in communion with you. And so, Lord, we come humbly this morning thanking you for yet another time to come together to study your word. We pray, Father, that you would open our eyes, our ears, and our understanding, and our hearts. Meet us where we are today, O oh God. Fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit today. And change us. Make us into whatever you created us to be. And we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So our scripture for today comes from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, and it's found on page 878 in your pew Bibles. And it reads, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. And this is the word of the Lord. So at this point in our study of God's epic, we turn our attention to Jesus, the teacher. And when I think about Jesus, I'm reminded of my days as a music student, and we would have something called a master class. And in a master class, a guest performer or teacher would come and work with students on repertoire and vocal issues. And the teacher would always be someone who had a great deal of experience either performing or teaching. And I remember having opportunity to sing for 
Simon Estes and Elizabeth Mannion and being able to watch Leontine Price give a master class when I was living in Mississippi. And it's just an amazing thing that they can pinpoint the tiniest detail, the tiniest issue, and almost magically fix it. And so this master class would take place with an audience and a student would go on stage and sing something and the teacher would work with them. And sometimes it would be something that uh, the teacher, their own primary teacher, hadn't been able to fix. Or sometimes it might be something that this new master teacher just discerned just from listening to, to, listening to them one time. But by the end of that session, and usually you'd have 10 or 15 minutes with each student, you see a remarkable change. When I thought about Jesus as a teacher, that's what came to my mind because Jesus is that kind of teacher. He has the ability to pinpoint whatever is going on in us and fix it just like that. He is truly the master teacher. He has the ability to get right to the nuts and bolts of an issue and explain it in a way that makes perfect sense, even to a child. And one of the ways that he does this is that he uses examples from common experience, things that people in his audience would have encountered in their daily lives, and he uses them to teach a spiritual principle. And that's what I find him doing in this passage that we just read. His audience would have been very familiar with agricultural terminology and what happened with that. And so Jesus uses, it as, uses that as the basis of his uh, message. This passage that we just read is known as the last of Jesus' I am statements. Prior to chapter 15, Jesus has stated that I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the truth and the life. And now in this passage, I am the true vine. And in stating that he is the true vine, Jesus also emphasizes the relationship between father and son. Jesus is the vine, but the father is the vine grower. The father tends to the son like a farmer who tends to his vineyard and who prunes the branches of the plants so that they may become more productive. In this case, those that have been pruned are Jesus' disciples. And as verse 3 states, the pruning tool is the word of God. And I thought at this point it would be good to give an example because maybe some of us aren't as familiar with pruning and gardening as others. And you might think when you see this that maybe I'm not very familiar with it. <laughs> But this is a plant that I had in my office um, for a few months. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think I overwatered it. 
And so then I thought, well, maybe I need to take it out and let it dry out outside. And so I took it home and put it on my patio. And the Ohio summer wasn't very kind to it. So this is the state that it left it in. And as you can see, there are sections of it where there are no leaves and no flowers at all. Actually, okay, most of it has no leaves and no flowers <laughs> at all. But the interesting thing about it is it's not an entirely unproductive plant. It's still trying to do what it was created to do. It's, there are still a few leaves on it, and then there are still a couple of flowers. So it's not a dead plant, but it is a plant that at one time flowered beautifully, and now it no longer does, now that it's been in my care. So I thought about this when I was thinking about the passage that we're looking at today. And Jesus is talking about pruning. And I think that what this plant needs is a little pruning. And I've really been struggling with this, as you can see, for a while. Um, because I see on the end that it still has some leaves on it, and in some cases a flower. And so I hate to cut off the flower that remains because I like it. But in actuality, it's really not a good-looking plant in the state that it's in. And so in order to make it a healthier plant and, and to look better, I just need to bite the bullet and snip it off. That's kind of a basic idea of what pruning is about. And so now that I have cut off a part of this stem of this plant, I need to do a few more. But what will happen now is that below that, it will begin to produce more leaves. It'll be fuller. And then it will flower, and it'll be a much more attractive plant than it is right now. So that's kind of the idea that Jesus is talking about with this whole pruning thing. So I'm going to leave this for you to gaze at during the rest of the sermon. And that's what he's talking about with regard to his disciples. The same way that pruning a plant improves its appearance and improves its health and its productivity, the same thing happens in our lives. That's what the Word does. The Word is powerful and quick and sharp. And when we indulge in the word and engage in the word, it's able to prune things out of our lives that really shouldn't be there and that are making us unproductive or maybe not as productive as we should be. Because like this plant, maybe we are productive. Maybe we are doing some of the things that we're supposed to do. But maybe there's more that God wants to accomplish in us. And that's where the pruning of the word comes in. And so Jesus has spoken to his disciples about what they can accomplish being attached to the vine. And as they've been living with him and walking with him, they, like pruned plants, are healthier and more productive. But the recognition of their improved state comes with a warning. And the warning that Jesus gives them is to abide in me as I abide in you. 
You see, Jesus knew the tendency that we all have to strike out on our own. When we think we are healthy and we have it all together, somehow we seem to forget that we need God. We suddenly become self-sufficient. And the warning that Jesus gives to his disciples and consequently to us is to abide in me. Now, we don't use the word abide very often in daily conversation anymore. But what it really means simply is just to remain in me, to remain connected to me. And that's what Jesus is telling the disciples to do. And the reason for that is although they've been pruned by the word, they cannot bear fruit unless they remain connected to Jesus or the true vine. And this message is so important that Jesus restates it even more emphatically in verse 5. He reminds the disciples that he is the vine and they are the branches. And I know that I tend to forget that. Don't you sometimes think that you are the vine? Or at least you act like you are the vine? You think that you are the source of your strength and your vitality and your capability? Sometimes you say, you know, Jesus, I can handle this one myself. I'll come back to get you for the heavy, heavy work. And when we do this, what we in essence do is cut ourselves off from the vine. You see, we are the branches, and the vine is our source. You know, often we have beautiful flowers displayed in the sanctuary, not like the one that I brought today. But one thing about those flowers that you see is once you cut them and put them in water, they'll live for a few days, maybe even a week. But eventually they're going to die. And why is that? They're not connected to the vine. They're not connected to the source that feeds them and strengthens them and gives them life. That's the problem. Not only can they not sustain their life, they can't even be productive. They can't produce flowers and fruit because they themselves are dying. Jesus is the true vine. He supplies us with life-giving, life-sustaining, and life-producing vital nutrients. When we are disconnected from him and what he supplies, not only do we eventually lose our vitality, but we are unable to produce fruit, which is one of the main things that we are supposed to do. Whether it's the fruit of the Spirit or other disciples, making a difference in our communities, in our jobs, you cannot do that effectively if you are dying yourself and disconnected from the vine. Let's look again at verses 4 through 6. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. See, that's the thing. We think we can do some things without God. But as our text reminds us, we can't do anything without him. I think that one of the reasons that Jesus is hammering this point home for the disciples is that he knows that he will soon be leaving them. They've been spending time with him daily, day in and day out. And they've been basically living on his words. And it's important for them to know that if they're going to carry out his mission and become who he created them to be and who he called them to be, they're going to have to be connected to him. The word has done a work in them, but they're going to need discipline to maintain it. And to further demonstrate the importance of this concept, Jesus gives them a visual of what happens when branches don't remain connected to the vine by going back to this agricultural imagery that he used to introduce this teaching. You see, at the end of harvest, all the excess and dried up branches would be gathered up and destroyed. And Jesus warns his disciples that this would be their fate if they did not remain connected to him. Let me make it clear, I do not believe he's referring to the loss of their salvation. But what I do believe he's referring to is a loss of their effectiveness. And which of us will be completely honest today and say, that's how I feel. I feel disconnected. I feel ineffective. I feel detached. I don't feel I have a source that's flowing into me and giving me life and giving me strength and enabling me to be productive. How many of you know that you're not bearing fruit? Not only in your own life, but you're not leading others to Christ. In fact, you probably look a little bit like the plant that I showed you earlier. One time you were productive. One time you were doing a lot for the kingdom. But now you're less productive. Or maybe you are productive. Maybe you're doing great things. And God just wants to do more through you. Are you going to dig into him? Are you going to abide in him? Are you going to let him live his life through you? So if you're feeling disconnected today, there are two places you could be. 
Either you are his disciple or you aren't. Maybe you're connected to him. Maybe you aren't. Maybe you've never really been connected to him. Maybe you've never really felt like you were living out your true purpose, your true call. The good thing is that the answer to both of those questions today is the same. Get connected. Connect with the true vine. Engage in God's word and in prayer. Obey what his word teaches you so that you can be a fruitful vine. If you're feeling dried up and unfruitful, make the decision today to reverse that. Just like with that plant. I'm going to take the steps to make it a better plant. I'm going to prune it back. Cut off some of those dead places. And allow its energy to transform it. To produce more leaves and more flowers. After all, isn't it what we all want? Isn't that why God created you? To be fruitful. To be productive. Today you can align yourself with Jesus. If you've never, never taken the opportunity to receive him into your heart, that's where you have to start. Today can be your day. The beginning of a new life. Or perhaps you are his disciple and somewhere along the way you have become disconnected. Unfruitful. Living life your way. Perhaps God wanted to prune you but you didn't allow it. You thought you could exist on your own and do things your way. But maybe today God has reminded you that you can do nothing apart from him. Make today the day that you decide to plug into the source, the true source of life. So I want us to take a moment and bow your heads. Because in truth, none of us really knows each other to know the depths of what goes on inside of us. I can't tell you and you can't tell me. But the master teacher can reveal it to you. Ask him, where am I today, Lord? Am I connected 
to you? Do I even belong to you? Am I living life my way or your way? Am I doing things in my own strength or in the strength that you supply? Take a moment and ask God to reveal himself to you and show you where you are today. Lord, we come this morning thanking you that you remind us that you are the true vine and we are the branches. And we're just thankful, Lord, that you allow us to be branches this morning. And Lord, if you allow us to be a branch, you want to be the best branch that we can be. We want to be full of vitality and life, doing what you created us to do, producing fruit in our lives and in the lives of others. And for some of us today, Lord, we realize that we haven't stayed connected in the way we need to. Lord, you've called us to abide in the vine, and we have not done that. Lord, would you forgive us? Help us, Lord, to connect to you to walk with you, to obey you, and to live out your word. And there are others of us today, Lord, who, if we're honest, would say, I don't really know him. I have never given my life to him. I've been trying to make my way, do good things, be a good person, but I still feel like something's missing. Lord, I pray for those for whom that is the story. Lord, come into our hearts, change us, renew us, 
commune with us. Make us fruitful branches on your vine. May this be the day of transformation. And maybe you're here today and you have been fruitful. You have been doing what God has called you to. But maybe he wants to take you deeper. Maybe he wants to make you more fruitful. Sometimes that pruning process is difficult, challenging, and you haven't really submitted to. Help us, Lord, to want your will more than our own. To understand that there's no life, no true life apart from you. We don't just want a portion of who you are. We want to be all that you want us to be. Hear our prayer, oh God. Change us as only you can. And as we continue in prayer this morning, we want to take a moment, Lord, to remember those who aren't with us, Lord, because they're having some physical ailments this morning. Well, we pray, first of all, for Richard Bethel and Mildred White and Dave Weaver, who are all at Bethesda North. Lord, would you walk the halls of that hospital this morning? Lord, would you heal their diseases and their infirmities? And Lord, we don't just mean the names that we called out, Lord. We're thinking about everybody who's in the hospital this morning. Lord, would you do a work that only you can do in their lives? Hospitals can be lonely places when unexpected things happen to us. Lord, would you remind them that they are loved and cared for and not forgotten. We thank you, God, in the midst of that for those who've been released this week, Jerry Dwyer and Robin Warner and Margaret Kuyper. Thank you, O oh God, for your work in their lives. And we pray, Father, that as they continue to recover, that you give them strength daily. And we pray, oh God, for various needs. We pray for Ruth Lemon and Cheryl Fairbanks, Edward Donaldson, Deanna Huddleston, Ruth Ginter's nephew, Peter, Dan Lincoln, who was in hospice at Maple Knoll. 
Lord, we don't know what's going on in each of these situations, but we know that it is clear to you. You see each and every person, and you are aware of each and every need. Will you meet those needs today, oh God? Would you wrap your arms around each one that they might be aware of your presence today? And Father, we remember Drew and his family as they are on their way back this weekend. Just grant them safe travel. Thank you, Lord, for the leadership he gives to this, uh, this church. Continue to strengthen his hands and his feet to do the work that you've called him to. And we thank you, O oh God, for this privilege that we have to come before you in prayer. We often pray alone, whether it's in our homes or in our car or on our jobs. What a privilege it is to come together as your people, as your family, and present these needs before you. We thank you, O oh God, for being in, your, in our midst and hearing our prayers. And as we pray as a community, Lord, we pray this prayer that we continue to pray. Dear God, make us into your community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus, no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you, no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen. And now the ushers will come to receive our offering.